Welcome to another episode of the Called Bank Podcast. I'm Dale Harper, and I'm here with my buddy, Nate Mortensen. And we finally have some jazz content to talk about. Uh, we have a trade rumor that we'll get into. But first, the news that I'm sure every jazz fan already knows by now is the Utah Jazz have a new owner. And I don't know about all of you, but I'm really interested to see how big of a change this could bring to the jazz culture. Obviously, I was I was a huge fan of the previous owner. Um, they had done a great job. They built the Jazz to where they are, and I think they really like they did what they were supposed to as owners and kept things together. But there was a few complaints that maybe they weren't spending like some fans wanted them to. So new ownership could mean the Jazz are willing to spend more to either bring in big time names or keep big time players here in utah um so what what kind of changes do you think are going to happen now that the jazz have new ownership in uh ryan smith you know i think that from a gail miller to ryan smith perspective i don't know if there's anybody else in the state who would keep things the same like ryan and ashley smith are going to just based off of how close they already are with the organization and just who they are as people, or at least who they portray themselves to be as people. Um, they seem like they're really great. Um, I mean, they're the ones who've done the five for the fight patch, which in my mind, which from my understanding is the only Jersey patch in the NBA that is not like for a for-profit business. And that's something that I think just really like encapsulates Utah has encapsulated like who Gail was and who, um, you know, who the Smiths are. And so I'm super excited to see where things go. Like you said, I mean, they might be willing to spend more and they have the money. Um, I'm sure most people already know this. Ryan Smith was the founder of Qualtrics and recently they sold to, I believe SAP over in Germany for $8 billion and he owned the majority of the company still. So I mean, Qualtrics is definitely still a profitable business um, that he has a lot of um, control over. And he also has a lot of money in the bank. Um, He was looking into possibly buying RSL when there was that ownership fiasco recently. And I don't know if he's still in talks for that. Um, He also was in talks of, you know, getting some you know, getting some capital in the Phoenix Suns. I guess the owner was only willing to sell about 10% and he wasn't really happy where that was going. And so he's going to be the majority owner. Um, He'll have those basketball decisions, which will be interesting to see. I've heard him compared to Mark Cuban, um, which isn't a terrible comparison. Mark Cuban's a great business guy and a great owner who's like really like in it with the players, you know? And I don't think he's really hindered the Mavericks in a lot of way ways. Um, I'm thankful that I haven't heard him compared to Jerry Jones, since I think that's the absolute fear of having an involved owner is having someone like Jerry Jones, who you as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I mean, I'm sure you're not a fan of. It worked great in the 90s, but hasn't been good for the past like 20 something years. So I'm super excited to see where things go. Um, Like you said, I think there's will be more money that's spent. Um, And I honestly think that this came down to a monetary decision. Um, In the press conference, Gail um, talked a lot about how she never saw this day coming. And 
when you look at COVID-19 and you look at the fact that they have um, not only, you know, the Utah Jazz and the Salt Lake Bees and the Salt Lake City Stars that are being sold in this deal, um, they also have, you know, the Megaplex Theaters, which has been reeling because just like sports, you're not allowed to have large groups of people go watch movies. And there's also a lot of concerns in their car, in the car area of business. And just there are other aspects to where you know, paying Rudy Gobert a possible supermax and maxing out Donovan Mitchell and being able to like go after Jordan Clarkson and do all these things would have possibly been a big financial strain depending on how things end up going with COVID-19. And, you know, with announcements in the state yesterday where hospitals are getting to full capacity and the like, I mean, it's not going in a good place. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I like, you have to wonder what's going on in Ryan Smith's head because I'm sure he, I don't know his whole backstory, but I'm guessing he grew up in Utah. I know he went to BYU. And so he probably grew up a Utah Jazz fan, loves the NBA, and he just had a billion dollar idea, built a very successful company, and all of a sudden he was in a position to buy his favorite team. So. Imagine what it would be like as a fan to all of a sudden you've been in the outside on the outside looking in just talking about what you think your team should do and then all of a sudden you can make any decision you want because you own it. Like that would be a crazy position to be in and it's probably just like I'm I'm sure Ryan Smith is like over the moon excited about getting things going. So I'm sure he's going to bring in a lot of energy um uh on the management side of things. So like that can't hurt um he might take a few risks like you compared him to mark cuban mark cuban is a risk taker uh he swings for the fences and i feel like more times than not he's he's missed and struck out but um i don't know like you you have to wonder like what would you rather would you rather have a chance at a home run or just uh get a single or double uh but never never really make it to the home run stage so uh, if you want to hit a home run, sometimes you have to strike out, I guess. No, that's definitely a big thing to bring into it. And looking at like Ryan Smith a bit more, I mean, he's just a really, really interesting guy. Like you said, I mean, he started Qualtrics, which was a billion dollar idea, but that was after he uh, moved back from his first job in Silicon Valley, you know, um, to come to Utah because his dad had throat cancer and things like that. And so like he definitely um, has kind of like understands kind of like the luck aspects, I guess, of things. And um, the way he's just built Qualtrics and kept it a Utah company have been um, super inspiring. There's a great podcast, um, Locked on Jazz, where David Locke went over um, kind of like the sale and the great things that the Millers have done and the great things that Ryan and Ashley Smith have done. So if you're interested, um, I think that covers it a lot better than we could, especially with his personal experience with both of them. Um, Definitely go check that podcast out. Um, But I think now we're going to move a bit into those trade rumors that you were talking about, Dale. Yeah, so this one, um, it's it's an early stage rumor, but as far as I can tell, there is some truth to it. Uh, So it's not like it's definitely going to happen, but there is interest here. And... Uh, it's not necessarily from the Jazz end yet, but the Celtics have been rumored 
uh, everyone knows that they're looking for a center, and they think that if they bring in a solid center, that will push them over the edge, and they'll really be a championship contender in the East. And so the rumor came out, I'm not sure if it came out yesterday or the day before, but the rumor was that the Celtics are interested in Rudy Gobert, and they're putting together different trade packages that they could use to try to get Gobert out of Utah and over to Boston. So from a Celtics perspective, um, they have a lot of trade pieces, so I'm sure they're they're looking for stars that they can trade for because they feel like they have enough picks and they have enough even stars that they might be willing to trade or awesome role players that they would be willing to trade. So the Celtics have a lot to offer, and then bringing in Rudy Gobert, assuming they keep their core together, they'd have a starting lineup with Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, uh, I'm guessing they'd keep Gordon Hayward as well. They have Jalen Brown and then Rudy Gobert. So that would be a really scary team to face. But I'm not sure what kind of offer the Jazz would accept. Um, obviously, like the main star the Celtics might be looking to trade is Gordon Hayward. But that would not be something Jazz fans would be super excited about getting rid of, like losing Gobert to bring back Hayward. So... Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about this trade? Uh, are there any combinations of pieces that the Celtics could offer that you might be interested in? Um, I'm I'm assuming Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are locked down and they're not going anywhere. So I wouldn't include them in any trades. Yeah. And that's the thing. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are locked down in the trades. And that's who you'd want as a jazz fan, like if you're going to get it, you want one of them. I mean, they both play small forward. They're both just electric, you know, on the offensive and defensive end. Um, but the Celtics aren't going to trade them. And that's the thing. The only way that this trade would theoretically happen is if the jazz, if, um, you know, jazz and Gobert just could not come to a contract negotiation agreement. And, I think they're, I mean, I think the Jazz are going to be able to, you know, like, um, but if they just wanted to get rid of his contract, but I think Gordon Hayward only has one left. Like, obviously, you know, he's a great player. Um, the way he left Utah was not well done. And if Ryan Smith wants the goodwill of the fans, like, I don't think you should always do things for the goodwill of the fans. But Ryan Smith just bought the Jazz. To trade Gordon Hayward for um, Rudy Gobert, like, that would just go so poorly. And I really think in the end, like, the Celtics aren't going to give up any other stars. Like, if you could get Kemba Walker, Walker for Gobert, maybe. But a lot of the thing that I saw was that to make the trade work, you also had to trade Tony Bradley, which is something that I don't know if the people putting like together these trade options just don't get it. If you get rid of Gobert, you have to keep Tony Bradley, even if you get Thice, because you can't trade your starting and your backup center that are like good for your system and then just get Thice, who's a great player, like who's an absolutely amazing player. But I mean he's not even necessarily a center. Like he plays power forward more. So it's just like, if the jazz want to get rid of Gobert, I think there's a lot of better options. Yeah. The, the one trade that kind of intrigued me. Um, and if they did this trade, they would probably have to make a couple, 
different moves in free agency uh, in order to fill out their roster. Um, is So it was Marcus Smart, Romeo Langthor- Langford, Daniel Dice, the 14th overall pick and the 30th overall pick in this draft um, for just Gobert. And so then you'd be getting Thice, who he, he's a good piece to have. Obviously, he's not Gobert, but he's one of those effort players who's great to have on your roster. Um, you get Marcus Smart, another great effort player. Um, he's an okay shooter, an awesome defender. And then you get Romeo Langford and a younger player who the Jazz can work on developing. Um, I think I think the Jazz would kind of, like, they'd be getting talent to round out their roster, but losing Gobert is, I think, a bigger deal than most people think it would be for the Jazz, especially watching how big of a piece he was in the playoffs against the Nuggets. Um, but that being said, like you said, if um, the Jazz can't figure out a way to get an, an extension for Gobert, and maybe they're deciding Gobert's a, an awesome player, but he's not going to he's not going to be the one to bring us to a championship. That might be something that they'd look into as a trade like that. Um, but I said if they did that, they'd probably want to bring um, some more uh, either power forwards or centers onto their roster. And so I believe Derek Favors is a free agent, so we could just bring him right back. And if if you could get Derek Favors to work on this roster and make that trade, then I I would be intrigued by it. I don't know if I would say yes though, because. Um, like I said, Gobert, his offense is getting better and his defense is like best in the league. So you would be losing a lot there. Yeah. If you trade Gobert, you're entering a rebuild. It might only be a, it would probably only be a one, two year rebuild. But I mean, that's in essence, what you're, in essence what you're doing just because of how much the offense and the team is built around him. Which, I mean, if that's what gets the Jazz to a title, like, that's awesome. Um, I, I just have a hard time trading him when you know you have something good. And I understand that the Jazz are in a rough position to actually make it to a title right now just because the West is strong and you have Kevin Durant coming back. And you can debate if he'll be 100%, but gosh darn it. I mean, if he's 70, 75% Durant, like he's still one of the top 10 players in the NBA. Like he's that good. So it's. Interesting. I don't know what the Jazz should do. Um, I think a lot of, I think that they should stay put this year, um, especially with the short turnaround though, and then hopefully you can get Conley on, you know, a ten twelve million dollar contract. Um, depending if he's successful this season, which I think he will be. He definitely had some bright spots in the playoffs, and I think this season he'll come back and he'll fit a lot better with the Jazz. Um, hopefully that's not just me being overly optimistic, though. Yeah, and the team, they're 100% focused on Mitchell and putting pieces around him so that I, I'm sure I'm pretty sure the Jazz believe that he is capable of being the best player on a championship team. And so they're trying to get pieces around him to make that fit. Um, and this is more of like a, I don't know if this is a Daryl Morey question or just a basketball IQ question, uh, but do you see uh, a player like Donovan Mitchell in today's NBA, what kind of pieces does he need around him? Like, Does having a, a player like Gobert complement his play style? Um, 
Like I think in some ways it does on the defensive end, uh, and in some ways it does on the offensive end, but is it really like optimizing Mitchell's talent, having the second star being someone who can't shoot and is really going to put up around like 13 points a game? You know, I think that we're going to see Gobert's points in the paint go up. Um, obviously, like he did, he had some highlights against the Nuggets and he had some lowlights against the Nuggets, but comparing him to the Nuggets isn't exactly the most fair comparison when it comes to it. Like you, most of the time you're going to, um, most other teams in the NBA don't have as much of a center presence as Jokic. And I understand he's not the best defender, but he's still like tall and big. And obviously when you look at contenders though, you do still have like, you know, Anthony Davis on the Lakers. So if the Jazz need to get past the Lakers, like Gobert is going to have to put up with that. But there were definitely like moments in the pl- in the playoffs where like you just saw a transformation of Donovan Mitchell into a much more elite passer. And I'm assuming that's going to continue. I'm assuming that he's going to have a couple more months. He's going to come back. And if he's able to find Gobert in the paint more, like he showed he's capable of doing, then he de- then they definitely um like work together a lot better than they have in the past, and they've worked together great in the past. But they'll definitely that will improve significantly. Yeah, I kind of want to see Gobert, uh, like, kind of even bulk up a little more, and just kind of be a bully in the paint on offense. But uh, and just see the Jazz run back down, like go back to old school, just. Let let your big man post up basketball and see if that works today, because uh, um, I saw flashes of him last season where he looked like a good paint scorer, but then he wasn't always consistent with that. Um, so if you see Gobert turn into, um, obviously he won't be like a Shaq, but um, a more dominant big man on the offensive end, uh, like you saw in the early two thousands and nineties, then that could be a really interesting team and most teams are going small like you see the rockets and the celtics aren't really putting out uh big lineups and so he might be able to take advantage of that and obviously it would be tougher against teams like like the nuggets and like the lakers and the heat with bam Adebayo. so but i think that'd be interesting i like that concept and obviously, we have to see what Gobert comes back and what he's worked on over the off season before. So I, I would not, if I were the Jazz, I would not make a trade before the season for Gobert. But if you can't get an extension signed, I would be nervous if I was the Jazz and um, be looking to trade him before he can just walk in free agency. Well, it seems that that was something the Millers learned, and we'll see how what Ryan Smith does. I mean, what really set things off with Gordon Hayward was not signing him to an extension before one season and waiting a year. And so, like, that's definitely why they're maxing out Donovan Mitchell right now and why they're talking about, you know, extensions with Gobert right now and that they need to, like, make it very clear and get things set set up, you know, to be able to be successful with those players or make a decision to be successful without those players. Um, as for the trade that you mentioned with the 16th and 30th pick, um, I know that the jazz are missing out on picks and stuff right now um, that they don't necessarily have a lot of draft depth, but I don't also, I also don't want the jazz to go like find depth via the draft. So I don't know what trade would make me happy for Gobert. 
but I would need to be seeing like, you know, someone who is definitely like an all-star player. And those just aren't the trades that I'm seeing right now. Um, if, if the Jazz got those picks, though, um, I would almost be interested in, in seeing them package those picks with another player uh, to kind of upgrade their roster. Because uh, from what I understand, the N- this NBA draft, uh, no one's really expecting many stars to come out of it. Uh, most of them are just like uh, good role play players that can probably come in and make a difference right now. But you don't really know because they're rookies and you, you didn't really have a full college basketball season either um so yeah i if i were the jazz that's what i would do with that but then again like i think trading gobert unless it's like gobert for Giannis straight up i wouldn't really be looking at a gobert trade right now here's what i think this draft is and we can get more into it um next week i think this draft is a Kawhi leonard draft i think that you're looking at it and you don't necessarily see a lot of star power but dang, someone in the teens is going to like blow your mind. Like there's, while it's not like an amazing star like Zion or LeBron, you know, that you can take at number one, you definitely have a lot of depth in this draft. So like it starts out not super, not as talented as like a star, but then it keeps going that way like for a while. So I definitely think you could see someone, um, like Kawhi Leonard did come out of the teens and like take the NBA by storm in a few years from this draft. The interesting thing about Kawhi Leonard is when he came onto the Spurs his first few years, uh, he wasn't really a great shooter. Uh, he was an awesome defender and he, he got rebounds, but um, I feel like I, I'm not going to put it all on pop, but I'm going to put it on the Spurs because they had Tim Duncan, they had Manu Ginobili, they had Tony Parker, I'm sure Kawhi Leonard learned a ton from those guys, and he was able to become a better shooter. Uh, and like originally, his um, his after his rookie year, people thought, okay, he's just a three and D guy. He can't shoot mid range. He can't score in the paint. He's just going to shoot three pointers and play defense. And now he's one of the best like mid range scorers in the NBA, which is interesting. Um, so with a Kawhi Leonard draft, you need to really trust your team to be able to de- develop a player. And so there's some organizations that just can't develop people. Like if you look at the Hornets and the Knicks, they don't know what to do with young prospects and they don't really make them better. They just hope that they get better on their own. It feels like obviously I don't, I'm I'm sure they're helping them out. They have um, much smarter people and, and better trainers than I'll ever be. But um, you, you see certain teams like the Spurs are better at um, building up young talent and the Jazz, I feel like they haven't had a ton of success with it in the past. Obviously, you've seen Gordon Hayward uh, turn into a superstar while he was with the Jazz, and Donovan Mitchell's been much better than expected. So if the Jazz can pick up someone like that, I would be really interested to see if they can really like help him fulfill his potential to the max. And then if they can get someone like that, that would be insane in two, three, four years from now. I'm super excited to see what happens. I mean, they do have the 23rd pick, which, you know, harder to get something good with that, but you could get someone like Rodney Hood, if I remember he was in the 20s. And I mean, he definitely showed a lot of potential. So hopefully they're able to pick someone up. But um, 
Yeah, I think that that's pretty much all. Um, next week, we definitely promise we'll get more into the draft. Um, we were planning on that this week, but, you know, Ryan Smith and Gail Miller had other plans. So we really appreciate you for listening to this episode of Called Bank. Please reach out to us on Twitter or let us know just kind of how you feel about this um, new ownership for the Jazz. So remember to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Um, also, follow us on YouTube if that's where you if you'd like to listen. So, thanks so much and have a great week. Thanks again for listening. We just wanted to remind everyone that this upcoming Tuesday, November 3rd, is Election Day in the United States. Please get out and vote. When we vote, that's how our democracy works and your voice matters. So please just get out and safely vote this upcoming Tuesday.